has a horror house in it. Lord have mercy on our souls. I'll expose the facts, although it fills me with disgust. Please excuse the filthy dark details and carnal lust. Filthy dark details and carnal lust. Dancing going on inside it. Don't you see they've gone plumb wild? I inquired, no one denied it. Now I think I'm getting riled. Bodies close together. Okay. Hello, welcome to Dark Habits and Omotivar podcast. Uh, I'm Spencer, my friend Joel's here. Hey, yo. And returning for the uh, second of, I think, four, maybe five times, uh, the head grump of Grumpire, uh, cool person, uh, Texan. Well, not a real Texan, but she can be a bit of authority. In, on this movie, uh, LB. Yo. Hey, so, uh, first off, uh, this, this movie was not, uh, originally planned. It was just kind of a, I suddenly realized, oh yeah, this was a, this is a musical and Dolly Parton, so that, like that, mm-hmm. those two things fit the, uh, theme of the, uh, for the season. And <laughs> really, well, a uh, feminine um, musical. I mean, I think it, I think it can at least be a pair, also with um, a gentleman prefer a blonde, based on one particular scene in both movies. Yeah, yeah. but like this, going off the theme of like, uh, I mean, everyone with Dolly Parton, and like, there's definitely a draggy quality to Dolly Parton. So blah blah blah. Uh, it yeah. It, it's th- there is a loose connection, but this was an excuse to finally watch this movie. And uh, I first thought of you because I don't know why, LB, but like this, this movie just <laughs> it just seemed like this a you kind of movie. Was, was uh, I right? Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Um, I okay, so. I could be a pseudo authority on this, uh, not only because of Texas, but because I grew up in East Tennessee. So, um, uh, Dolly Parton is like a huge, uh, was a huge personality anyway, right? Globally. But, um, being from East Tennessee, growing up in the, the Smoky Mountains, like, it's sort of a kindred spirit thing going on that I have with her, um, in some ways, some small ways. So, um, good choice asking me is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Ask another, someone else who's also Southern, but <laughs> she couldn't make it because life got, in, life Aww. stuff got in the way. But, uh, so, uh. Don't tell the guests they're the silver medal. <laughs> okay. No, it's going to be, it's going to be both of them. Mm-hmm. That was a plan. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so J Dog, had you had you heard of the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas before? Of course, it's <laughs> called the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I think, yeah, that's just something like that. Like that's it feels good to say the title of the movie is the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It just rolls in your mouth, you know. It's not coming off your tongue either. Like you have to stretch your lip back <laughs> to the top teeth and be the best little whore house in Texas. Now, <laughs> I don't necessarily like the word whore, um, but it's a necessary ingredient, so. 
Yeah. You know, well, spe- of talking about the title, I don't know if you guys know this. You probably don't, like, because mm-hmm. why would you? But <laughs> there is a uh, storage building chain in Texas. I don't know if it's all mm-hmm. over Texas, but it's called the Best Little Warehouse in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we we have name. a few of those in town, so which I think it's hilarious. <laughs> A bus, uh, of, bus of college kids show up and they're all disappointed. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> well, who knows what you can do inside those, those uh, storage oh, containers. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? As long as you get some ventilation in there. Unless that's yeah. your kink. E. Uh, <laughs> I have a no ventilation kink. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna have to stuff some towels under the door. And, uh, and <laughs> I'll bring the bleach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so uh, uh, another uh, uh, another connection for why I picked this movie was I remembered that Colin Higgins, the director, was one of the few Alka directors in Hollywood at this point in time. He did Nine to Five, well directed mm-hmm. Nine to Five, Foul Play with uh, who's that asshole? Uh, Goli, um, not Goli Hunt, uh, Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. and based off how much I liked. A best little whorehouse. I want to do another uh, Colin Higgins episode because I notice uh, we're in an era of like we're celebrating. God, I must have a certain way. I don't mean, like, but celebrating like different people making different movies. But people like Colin Higgins kind of get forgotten and not talked about when he's kind of like he was. You know, he was like one of the very few openly gay directors working at this point in time. And it's, it's, and I'm not saying like he, like he, his work is like legendary, but it is worth discussing and talking about and just bringing him up because, you know, like he, he paved the way, help, well, helped pave the, pave the way for, you know, for people, you know, to come after him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so he, dire- he directed Foul Play, 9 to 5, and, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, and then he never directed another feature film after that, and he died from AIDS in the late 80s in 88. But he mm. wrote a bunch of screenplays. He wrote Harold and Maude. Uh, yeah. yeah, Silver Streak. Like, it's not a whole lot of stuff, but it's just like, like the, the little pocket stuff, like, there's a lot of good, lot of good shit in there. I don't know anything about Silver Streak, but it seemed like he had a interest in situations that were against, like what people considered standard living, mm-hmm. like prostitutes, women asking for better pay and hours, and not to be <laughs> treated like objects by their bosses. Uh, old lady and a young guy getting it on. Okay, well, uh, not to yeah. <laughs> And apparently he has a cousin who's an actor, or something like that. Who anyway, that's not important. But mm. uh, uh, Foul Play is one of his movies. My mom tried to get me on watch for years because she saw it when I was that's seventy eight. So my mom was in college. So like that's the movie my mom saw in college. And like if you bring up anything Chevy Chase, she will bring up that movie. But it was at an age where I'm like. If my parents bring it up, I'm not going to watch it because it, it sucks. 
but now now I'm more open to it. Hmm. So next episode's going to be foul play. So. <laughs> uh, foul uh, double feature of foul play in nine to five. Okay. And Billy Barty is in. We don't have to. Oh, Billy Barty is in nine to five. Not nine to yeah. five. Uh, foul play. Okay. Well, so that's another reason to watch. I like Terry Chase movies, so I, I know he's a total asshole. I just enjoy his humor. Yeah, he's funny. Okay, so enough about Colin Higgins. Um, he worked very well with Dolly Parton in arguably her two best movies. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think there's much debate over that. I'm trying to think of... Oh. Trying to. The dog is also trying to think of... The, the, dog, uh, the dog's like, uh, hello, country, smoky Christmas, or whatever it is. It's called a uh, hard candy Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see. No, these are all music department. Give me actress. Yeah. She never was an actress. God bless it. She's been in a, a more movies than I realized. She didn't uh, want to mm. be an actress, really. She didn't think she had any talent in it. Hmm. But, um,. Her managers were like, "Yeah, you should, you should do, uh, you should get into acting." And she's like, "Uh, I don't know." <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, she said that she wanted to work with. Okay, so this this is um, from the Playboy interview in, in I think seventy eight or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's talking about uh, how she needs, or she feels like she could be an actor if. Uh, the role was written specifically for her, you know, like mm-hmm. easy to play, I guess. Or you know, she's like, I know they say if you have the right director, you can, um, you know, anybody can act. And and then it goes on to ask her like who she would want to work with as far as directors, and she's like, I think I'd like to work with Woody Allen. <laughs> 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 and um, she really she was a big fan of Neil Simon too. So like she was like, we should hook up Neil Simon and Woody Allen. Sir. Not yeah. not country boys. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's just she's she's just such an interesting person. Like every time she really like you is. can't assume anything about what she thinks. Uh uh-uh. yeah. No, she's, uh, I just remember some, one thing I wanted to bring up about Colin Higgins. He uh he took Harold and Maude to uh to the theater, so it was a, a play it ran for several years. And he worked with Jean-Claude Carrier on a French translation of the play. And Jean-Claude Carrier, I think I say it right, I'm not sure. Anyway, he wrote uh, screenplays for Boonwell and the, like, the last chunk of Boonwell movies. And he had a hand in, uh, like, pretty much, like, every, not every, but a lot of super famous international filmmakers of the 60s and 70s. He wrote a screenplay for them at some point. Uh, yeah, like, so if you look at his uh, this is um, his work it's he consistently worked for let's see from early 60s to 2020 but uh, yeah it's a legendary uh, like a, a legendary uh, screenwriter and he wrote some books too that the Pink Smoke podcast covered he wrote a Frankenstein sequel that is kind of trashy and shitty, but it's like a, a, a job for money. Yeah, Frankenstein 2. 
<laughs> he has like a uh, like a paperback He's... thing where like he Frankenstein returns and they have to call in like a, a snake charmer to uh, control a horde of snakes to capture him. <laughs> it's oh. it's a very oh. neat. Uh, it sounds insane, but apparently it's it's very fun. It, there's only one sequel to Frankenstein that I acknowledge, and that's I Frankenstein, starring uh, what's that what's that guy's face? Uh, <laughs> Two Face. Yeah, starring Two Face. My favorite starring, actor. Thank you for smoking. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's Aaron, oh, Aaron Eckhart. Yes, starring Aaron Eckhart, wherein he comes back way after going to the Arctic and. When he returns, the world is being ruled by... Not ruled, like there's a secret war between angels and demons and all of a sudden Frankenstein's mm -hmm. involved for some stupid-ass reason. It's a great movie. I'll, yes, I'll, on your, I'll, on your, I'll, I'll back that up. Yeah, on your, on your Ultra episode on it, I remember. Yep. That's that's the only thing they're going to remember. They're going to remember about me. Joel, didn't he like I, Frankenstein? Yeah, that was weird. Anyway, okay, so uh, sorry, you guys were saying, Elvie, you're saying something. I was. I can't. Dolly remember. Parton was in Straight Talk. She was also in Steel Magnolias as Trudy right. Jones. Oh. And Rhinestone with uh, <laughs> Stallone. <laughs> with Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. Drinkenstein. Dear, dear God, I'm gonna have a contest between Burt Reynolds and Sylvester Stallone in a sing-off. Burt Reynolds is gonna kick his ass. Yeah. You should. Everyone should watch the clip of Drinkenstein from <laughs> Rhinestone. It's incredible. Why are you so mean to our audience? <laughs> uh, Stallone is hilarious. Yeah. I watched Expendables four last night. Oh. Yeah. Four? That uh, came out already? Yeah, it came out yesterday or, I don't know, this week. Oh. Yeah, Ex Friday, Thursday. Expend four bowls. Um, you know, I love stupid action movies. I love big stupid action movies, but this one... Uh. Not good. Sound of an explosion, but not a yeah. good one. Right. It was a I dumb. saw, I saw Eco from, um, uh, the raid movies was in it as a villain, so I was I was a little excited. Yeah. yeah, he's cool in it. I mean, there's some cool stuff in it, but like overall, it's like very lifeless for a big action movie. Mm. Yeah, his American it's, movies it's, have been. Septa spot. and octogenarians, you know, they could barely move, anyways. <laughs> yeah, you got that young, fit, like Indonesian guy with these old ass dudes, and it's like. This can't work. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Even, uh, what's his name? Statham. Mm -hmm. Statham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got to be in his mid to late 40s, right? Um, he's he's still super fit. I mean, obviously. But... Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm still yeah. using him as a cutting board. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to like lettuce. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, okay, so, um, J Dog had. Had you seen Best Little Whorehouse in Texas already? No. That's all I'll say about it. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't something that uh, people were like, you have to watch this movie around me. 
at any point. It was just kind of like something people had seen and acknowledged or st- stuff like that. Like, I didn't know any big uh, whorehouse heads. Is that what they call them? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Watchdogs. Yeah, there we go. They're the watchdogs. Not wearing that weird Middle Ages priest <laughs> wig. Damn, he's so good in this movie. He's like, amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. So everyone is really good. I mean, I don't know. I guess Bert's pretty good. But, no. I mean, he's kind of stoic, I guess, in a way. But everybody's really good in this movie. Dumb yeah, Dumbies. I... Charles Durning. Oh, Charles Durning. Charles Durning, wow. Yeah, my heart was lighting up. That that was definitely my favorite, like, sequence. Oh, no, it wasn't, actually. That was my second favorite sequence, but, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, oh, and Jim Neighbors has, like, the doofus, oh, and, like, yeah. he, he's always great. <sighs> yes, he is. He's, he's, yeah. And uh, another gay connection, um, Jim Neighbors. He was gay. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Wait, he wasn't was he... out. What, what? He was... no, he wasn't out. Like not like publicly, but no, um, not for people, a very long time. People in his private life knew, obviously, but he wasn't. Yeah. Out. I think like when he got married to his partner was was mm-hmm. when it, he, it was went public. Mm-hmm. That was like 2010 ish. I just I think about his life sometimes, and I'm like, it's got to be so like just beautiful i mean he lived in hawaii with his partner for so many years and and of course his singing voice is fantastic i don't do you guys have this experience of like your grandparents having jim neighbors records or is that just tennessee people um my west virginia family like some of them would have like i remember distinctly at my grandparents house um Having like Dolly Parton cassettes, Jim Neighbor, Jim Neighbors cassettes, mm-hmm. uh, Willie Nelson, and like, if I see them arranged a certain way, I it will probably make me cry, because it just reminds me of my grandparents, <laughs> yeah, when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Kenny Rogers is the other one. It's like, it's like those are like the four things I can I distinctly remember in their mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's comforting, right? Yeah. Kind of. To some, maybe. Yeah, so. I don't know, J-Dog, did you grow up hearing, like, country music at all, or not really? It was more modern country music in the 90s. There, there was a very small stint. Like, my mom was always a Reba McIntyre fan. And, Reba. And, uh... Garth? Yeah, we had Garth. We had some Garth. Garth. I think it kind of mixed over... When, um, well, I don't know. She she was working at a country western clothes store for a while, so that's that's where that start started to pick up. Mm. But uh, no, we didn't have any Jim Neighbors records. You, you you're oh. blowing my mind. I had no idea a record. Yeah. Or seven. He was yeah, a whole separate career. Yeah. Uh, singing. Mm. He's a beautiful voice. Like, is of course his gospel recordings were really big in my grandparents' house, so. Yeah, like, uh, and per- like my parents didn't listen to. Well, I think my dad likes uh, Giant Cash, but besides that, mm-hmm. like it would just be I'd always hear country at my grandparents' house, mm-hmm. which hearing it there, not not like it, it was fine. Like I enjoyed it like there, but like outside of of that canton- 
I, I thought it contacts it. I was like, uh, turn our shit off. <laughs> and I don't know why I had that weird divide. Oh come on! It's just it's just simple music for simple people. I, I mean, everybody growing up is like, nah, old stuff. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten older. I like old country. Uh huh. Um, but new country. I have a client who listens to top 40 stuff right now and I don't like any of it yeah. I like old country I, like, yeah. I genuinely really like I, I would uh, be a patron of the uh, Texas Roadhouse restaurants way more often if they weren't blasting modern country music <laughs> like oh I thought this was all one lone song okay they're separate songs Okay, they're all songs about drinking whiskey and being like, okay, so the tradition of country music is about uh, drinking and being sad and, and all this, but like, really, like I was at a Rudy's Barbecue restaurant mm. a couple months ago or whatever, and we just like, we just started noticing one song after the other was about doing shots of whiskey, drinking whiskey, like every song, and I'm like, my god. That's... <laughs> like, I, I can... I, I can tell whiskey you whiskey is such a different thing. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you just from work experience that m- most pop country now is about going to church, riding your mm. tractor, if it's, if it's by men, um, mm. fall mm-hmm. in love with a beautiful girl. Oh yeah, uh, so, there's a, so good to be a country boy. Yeah, uh, the, and uh, if it's about if it's by a woman, it's usually about like fall in love with a boy or. Heartbreak. Uh, heartbreak and that's kind of it country music is storytelling you know and just like everything else in the world like the the longer the tradition goes the worse it gets right so um when you go back and you listen to classic country and you know even some 90s country yeah. um, there's some really really great storytelling you know you want to laugh off Brooks and Dunn because Boots, Coot, and Boogie, that's stupid, right? But, like, yeah. they have this, oh, okay. one of the best Great. songs ever written. Uh, uh, J-Dog, you feel good? Is that what it's called? Oh, my God. I'm going to feel stupid if that's not what it's called. Oh. Wait, what? what? I, I'm sorry. I, I think I <laughs> blurped out. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can I can hear both of you. It's But I got frozen for a moment, so... Oh, wait, yeah, there is some... Okay, I got a... Uh-oh. Well, tell LB to I don't see leave Spencer and anymore. re-enter. Oh, I can see... I can see both of you. LB, can you hear me? Hmm. I'm guessing kind you can't hear me. breaking up a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're... You've got a lag going on. It says 815 mega... Mega... I don't know what the MS is for. Are we all here? Yes. Uh... We. Oui. All right. Did we figure out what this? Song yes, was? <laughs> I got. Yes, it's right. It's Neon Moon. <laughs> so, um, but oh, where was I going? So anyway, so uh-huh. anyway, like there, there were some really, really great country songs that are profound like surprisingly profound especially if you're not really familiar with country music and then you go and you look and you're like well wow but um you know at this time you know you, the songwriters who were female you know uh, dolly loretta lynn um 
Tanya Tucker. Like, these songwriters, they were all, like, feminists without calling themselves feminists. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's so, like, you, you see that in, in Whorehouse. Yeah, uh, like I, I, like I don't know if Dolly calls herself. She does a not. Now. No, I don't think she does. Oh, okay. I, I really don't think she does. She tries to stay uh, pretty apolitical, which um, I I find ad, you know admirable because mm-hmm. celebrities really just need to shut the fuck up sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she you you can see how she leans, like you know, on her. Uh, all of her, you know, philanthropy, like her, her entire life is is been devoted to lots of, of charity, charitable causes. Um, a lot of them have to do with uh, education, and especially in Sevier County, Tennessee, like you know, that's that's the county she grew up in. That's where Dollywood is. Um, you know, she she would give all the the high school seniors one year from the Sevier County high schools she would give them $500 if they graduated so that they could go to you know college um which was like mm-hmm. a big deal in the 80s <laughs> you know $500 was a lot yeah, yeah. um there's that she was recently uh, she was recently in Delaware for um the program to give um children um uh Books, yes, like a book program. Yeah, she started that too. Um, it, all of her, most of her stuff started in Sevier County, uh, in Tennessee. So, like the, the the book program was like, um, you know, to to help kids, you know, get more involved in in their education, and uh, that was I think called an Imagination Library, um, for a while, and then it she expanded. And now she like does that all over the world. Like so, basically, like your your child within this program will receive a book. I want to say one book per month or something like that until they're uh, until they start grade school. So that way, it's kind of like a preschool program. Um, so that's cool. Um, The sorry, I just have this like list of things that I know that she's done. Um, there's an eagle sanctuary in inside Dollywood. My one of my uh mm. college roommates' dad actually was like part of the, the Eagle show at Dollywood. Um so that's really cool. Uh, I wanna go there even Yeah. Before. Oh, it's so much fun. Well, I mm. haven't been in years, so I can't tell you like what uh any updates have been to Dollywood, but I would I would absolutely love to go again. Um, what else? Uh, a few years ago, there w- was a bunch of wildfires that were spreading throughout the area, and um, a lot of people lost their homes. Um, Dolly set up a foundation to pay each of these families a thousand dollars per month until they got back on their feet. Um, you know, th- there's so much stuff, and everybody knows about like she helped fund the the COVID, COVID, COVID back vaccine research uh, at Vanderbilt uh, University, uh, which is like, I think, 
Madonna. Uh, Madonna? What? Moderna's. Uh, <laughs> Moderna's vaccine. Were we just watching think. American movies? I guess. I guess. <laughs> I used to party. Yeah. I try to make fun of that guy. He's dead. Mm-hmm. But. Rest in peace. I forgot his name. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Dolly is a very generous person. She's always been that way. Part of it is due to her faith. Um, She's a very Christian lady, uh, which is interesting because she does this movie called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yeah. uh, uh, She seems to be the type of rich person that didn't uh, forget what it was like to grow up. Mm -hmm. Which I I know there there's more of them than than uh we realize, but there still should be more of them. Yeah, I mean you have to understand. Like Dolly Parton was born in the forties, I think, and this part of Appalachia that she grew up in, you know, you're living in the mountains. You don't have electricity. You don't have you know facilities. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like ev- It's the kind of. Uh, oh, go ahead. It's the kind of place my dad when he was. In college, uh, he interned to uh, at some schools in the Appalachia, really poor regions of West mm-hmm. Virginia, and like my, my dad is light skinned, and he uh, so he looks black enough. Mm-hmm. But every time you go up there, someone be like, "What?" Like, he get lost staring, mm-hmm. and sometimes people be like, "We have a a Negro friend. He lives down the street from us." <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, part of part of that is um, kind of trying to just because there's a stigma against uh, poor mountain people, you know, like part of that is like yeah. really just trying to be like, hey, I'm cool with you. Yeah. You know? and I'm not, try- I'm not trying to say all of them were, were racist <laughs> or backwards. Yeah. I'm just saying like, uh, like it, it's a different world, yeah. it's a different, you know, different way of. Uh, communicate no it really is it really really is it's very insulated you know um people there's only two or three like families in the area like that type of thing where everyone's like first and second cousins to everybody so um yeah dolly grew up rough so she knows i was reading something um she was talking about uh sharing you know she she has like 12 brothers and sisters and her mama was always pregnant um and it was so cold there because you know you live out in the mountains in the winter time you don't have any heating you know there's no electricity so it's basically the same temperature inside as it is outside and she was talking about the best thing was when she would go to bed uh, with all their little brothers and sisters, and they were so small that, like, you know, they didn't have diapers or anything, so they they would wet the bed. And she said that that was like the best thing because at least it was warm. Oof. Yeah, like that is how rough Dolly Parton grew up. So yeah, like she's gonna help her people. Yeah. Uh. And we didn't get into it that uh, yet, but um, LB, when was the first time you'd seen uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Um, I I don't know if I can really pinpoint it. I think like it was on when I was growing up. You know, just I don't remember the first time I like watched it like fully, but um, it's been a while. 
Uh, so I, I'm I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to watch it again, so I could uh, pick out more things that I really like about it, like as a a, a grown person. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just kind of part of the culture. Like I'm sure it was on HBO or something. My dad always had HBO on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I remember I first heard of it um, on Venture Brothers because there's an episode where <laughs> Doctor Venture. Like, uh, Brock is taking the boys uh, on a mission or something, and Dr. Venture's like, I'm going to watch Best Little Whorehouse in Texas tonight, <laughs> and he thinks it's a right? porn, and then, then they cut back to him, like, they get back and he's like, it's just, it's just a Dolly Parton musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think this movie's sexy uh, at all? Uh, yes. No? I think... That Dolly Parton is sexy, so therefore the movie is oh, sexy. Okay. I, I um, oh God, I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm a man. Uh, that's a problem. <laughs> commenting on it things. Is. Yes. Okay. Because uh, they were all, all the, the uh, working girls. That's what okay. I'll say. They're all dancers. Mm. They all had the same body type, and I'm like, hmm. Okay, that's a, that's all I'm gonna say. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 yeah. If you yeah, if, if you no. read Roger Ebert's original review of this movie, he he evokes um oh what's his name oh my god the uh, W C Fields he evokes him like talking about how you never want to be on the stage with a woman with a large bosom because no one's going to be looking at you. <laughs> and so the was he complaining that Burt Reynolds was practically not in the picture or something? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like I I think Ebert <laughs> didn't think they had very good chemistry and that the movie didn't seem sexy to him even though oh. like <laughs> Why yeah, isn't this movie sexy? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, uh. Like I thought, Bert had. Like, I thought they had great chemistry. Like Bert mm-hmm. has this. Like he's stoic, but he's. But fits the character. He's like the. He's the local authority. Uh-huh. He, like, I, I took it as like he has to be like the stoic authority figure. Right. And he can't. Also, because of the masculine bullshit, he can't. You know, be more expressive. Unless, unless it's with sex. But if it's not mm-hmm. sex, then he can't. He has to be this like, uh, has need, need to have this wall yeah. up. Well, there's um, you kind of have to keep the character a little bit low key. That way, when he does explode on the watchdog, like it it has mm-hmm. more impact. Uh, yeah, like he is like, I always forget how just how cool he was because every so often I re- I watch something with him and I remember like. Oh yeah, there's a reason he was a movie star. <laughs> he has a lot of charm, you know. Like I don't think he has as much charm in this movie as say Smoking the Bandit. But but yeah, I mean Burt Reynolds, come on. He's a star for a reason, you're right. But mm-hmm. um And uh Dom DeLuise I didn't know was in this and that was <laughs> such a delight. And I I, just, I think of Dom DeLuise I always think of the Mel Brooks yeah. stuff. But here it feels like a Mel, like one of his Mel Brooks characters with amplified, like a 
ten times where you're like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, perfect for the character. Yeah. 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 Somebody pretending to be a Texan. Yeah. He's not charming, though. It's like, like oh, I've exposed these things. Like mm-hmm. I expect him to be a little more charming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He does I dance, mean, though. Yeah. But him being annoying was part of the thing. Like, it's just perfect casting. That wig is incredible. Because <laughs> it's, it's obviously a wig from the moment you see it. And the whole time, I was, I'm hoping, like, well, he's going to get his comeuppance, and they're going to take off his mm-hmm. wig. And you find, and I just love when you finally get yeah. it, yeah. get the web taken off. Yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. Uh, what? What? Who? What? What? Uh, it's a lot smaller than I think. Then I feel hmm? like I've usually seen him as. I mean, he's unfortunately famous for being the fat actor. You know, yeah. whatever. Well, he's got that girdle on. Yeah, well, I mean that whole sequence is great because he's talking about how like I hate it when people yeah. just are you know not showing their real yeah. the truth about what's going on. He's been on the girdle, he's been on the shoulder pads, stuffing his sock in his his pants. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I'm glad I watched this movie because now I know how to do the sock thing. I never knew oh. how to do that before. Oh, okay. I just uh, now it's figured out. Thanks, Dom. <laughs> you can go to office on Monday morning with a sock. Yep. Like, hey, everybody. Except I'm usually in that office by myself. So, oh. hey, oh. Joel. Hey. Are you gonna get a, a wig too to match? Oh no, I already have a wig. Oh. I need that. Okay. It's for my Franciscan monk chance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. uh Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> in case anyone has made it this far and doesn't know, what uh, uh, Joel, what what is this movie? Well, it's a movie about a whorehouse in this little district in Texas that has been around for a hundred years, and we get to see this cool montage of of uh, different kinds of people over the years going in, the women wearing different kinds of clothes and, and stuff like that. That opening thing is excellent. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a, it's an open secret. People know about it, including the sheriff in modern day. when uh, That's Burt Reynolds' character. And, and um, miss, 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 do, 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 do. why am I looking at the wrong page? Okay, yeah. Uh, Ma- uh, Mona... Dolly Parton has taken on the job as the the madam for it, and just like that, Sheriff Ed basically got the job after the last sheriff died. So they came up together. They're and they have a relationship going on that's that's way more intimate than anything that you would think was going on somewhere else. But the uh somebody who makes a mistake what happens somebody gets a hint that this guy who exposes you know things that are tragedies like the whole chocolate and the nut thing he's talking about 60 full full Mm -hmm. nuts in a chocolate bar that's gonna be a huge ass chocolate Mm -hmm. bar or it's just gonna be all nuts with chocolate spilled on it which is fine i don't you know no judgments if that's your thing (laughs) (laughs) anyways 
Melvin is an up-and-coming TV star, and, and Sheriff Ed and the rest of the town don't really know much about TV. and it's, it's kind of playing that whole country silly thing. But eventually, Melvin comes to do an expose in the the whorehouse. See, I have trouble just saying the word. Uh, and things kind of start to fall apart, and the government gets involved, and... Nobody really wants to do anything, but now people are demanding it. It's it's so re- fucking relatable to right now. <laughs> people just like, I don't live in that county. I have nothing to do with it, but I think it's wrong. <laughs> and eventually they have to close it down, and there is a happy-ish ending. It's it's both sad and happy. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good so far. Yeah, it's based off of a real... Mm-hmm thing mm-hmm. uh, there was a actual chicken house and the musical came was written after it closed down LaGrange Texas is where it was and if you're a ZZ Top fan you might know their song LaGrange is about the chicken ranch mm. oh um, this is an interesting story of the chicken ranch and they they pretty closely uh, tell that story. and I, I haven't seen a stage version of this. I, I've only seen the film. So, But yeah. it's it's pretty Apparently, close. Yeah. Yeah, the, I looked up cast of who was in any stage version because mm-hmm. it's always interesting to see like who pops mm-hmm. up. And uh, I think it was Anne Margaret was Miss Mona. Really? In the most recent, what well, I could find, 2011. Mm. And Margaret, mm, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. I saw somebody else uh, that was not somebody I expected to see on that list of people. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? It was Dolly Parton. Did you know she played the role? No, I'm just kidding. It was Anne Margaret. You got you beat me. How dare you? Well, this is acting like it only has ever had four like major productions ever. And yeah, I get like I couldn't find a whole lot. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson in the Actors Fund from 2006 version. That's yeah, that's uh yep. Oh, Jim Neighbors. Wait, he was in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stop looking at that middle list. Anyway, hey, I got no complaints about this cast. I think everybody's great in it. And yeah. I kept I kept seeing people. And I was like, "Do I know that person from something else?" And like searching IMDb. And, uh, yeah. Okay, I, I was wrong about the years. Two thousand one was Anne Margaret. Two thousand one. Yeah, oh, okay. that, that's, okay. that makes more sense. A little bit, yeah. It's post grumpy old man, but pre I don't know what the Richard Kind is in was in two thousand six one. Who does he play, Melvin? Uh, Richard Kine was Senator uh, Wigwell. Oh, okay. He would be good in Melvin, though. Yeah. Although, he'd have to tamp down that New York accent. They'd be distracting. <laughs> I don't think he can do that.
but you know how um, uh, it's it's over now. I think the uh, maybe not, but some but on eBay there's a big thing going on for SAG in LA, where like celebrities are being like uh, Bob and David from Mr. Show. You can have dinner with them, and be on oh, that, yeah. and all the money goes to uh, SAG mm-hmm. stuff. Um, David Crumholtz will serenade you. Is one of them, oh. and I I got the look of like. Are you gonna Are you gonna bid on this? How, how much is it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It got too much, and I couldn't bid on He's it. He's a good singer, right? He's the one he sang in uh, Slums of Beverly Hills, right? Yeah, right? he's a brother in that. Right. He he yeah. can sing "I Will Always Love You" to me. I would be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and the one I really wanted was Kumail. Uh, you get to play Mortal Kombat one. <laughs> oh, that's one. awesome. And the wife will commentate. No, oh, that's even awesomer. I know. And you know, the sore I, you loser, said Richard so Gere. So I started to lose on purpose because I wouldn't want to make him mad. Oh, yeah. When you said Richard Kine, I, I, I thought of Richard Lewis. Oh. And so I, I want to apologize for oh. that mix-up to uh, my own brain. Oh. Well, I uh. mean, they're still questionable, both of them. So. Yeah. 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 But. Both of them, you're going to give kind of a side eye, like, yeah. really? <laughs> I mean, they they might yeah. be able to like talk you into it with with their their uh, wit. Oh well, they're both yeah. witty and charming. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not Richard Lewis. I don't know, but uh, Richard Kind. Richard. Sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think they were both patients of Doctor Katz. So. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> at least yeah, at least they got it good in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on um that John Mulaney special. The t- the kids show thing he did oh. that was really funny. Oh. Into the part Who? where Richard Kind. Oh, no, um, who's the other guy you mentioned? I was making a joke. John Mulaney. He had a comedy a comedy special that's like a, his version of like Mister Rogers. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, I really liked it. If I remember Richard Kind part is like he talks to girls about boys. <laughs> it's it's just very very I silly. Vaguely remember that. <laughs> it just seemed very random. It did. John Mulaney was in a season two episode of the The Bear. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen that show. That show was very good. That's why it I was hear. very relatable to me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not a chef, but the other thing, yeah. um, I don't even know what that show's no, about. I don't really. Either. I know he cooks meat. Yeah. That's what. That yep, he's a meat cooker. John. Everybody's like. <laughs> <laughs> John Mulaney was in Olivia Munn. <laughs> yeah, he was. He might be the father. Yeah. He was in Olivia yeah. Man. Yeah. What exactly. kind of performance was that? No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe not good because they they broke yeah. up. Oh. <sighs> uh, you guys talk. I gotta gotta answer a call. <gasps> oh, I just knocked my microphone. That's my contribution. We'll just do a little sidestep. Yep. You know, yeah. Charles Durning was... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm being serious. Charles Durning was um, on the fucking beach at Normandy. Really? Yes. Like, if you Holy like crap. you hear him talking about it, uh, it's fucking insane. Like, uh, you know, he he talks about how they... The boats, when they pulled up, they were like sixty feet away from the shore. Like they were, they like 
stopped too early, so he was like in like sixty feet of water, carrying a sixty foot or a sixty pound back ba- backpack, and like hmm. he was the second off the boat, and like, and like you know the way he described it. I mean, it's like I mean, war's hell, obviously, but like the way terrifying to, to hear him talk about it. It's like so like nerve wracking and emotional, but yeah, isn't that crazy? And, and like then he becomes this amazing like actor and surprising song and dance man. That I was just so like I was being serious. I was so blown away by that. I was like, oh my god! I had no idea that I could see Charles Durning doing this. I am so happy. Yeah, Yeah, like when I think Charles Durning, I don't think song and dance man. I think like Oh Brother Art now, or like like the other stuff he's done. Pappy O'Daniel, practically. That's the same character he plays in that Muppet movie. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, but he's also one of the guys. that's like, have I seen him already? Have I seen him before? Because, mm-hmm. like, he's, he's done so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a Coen Brothers regular. Yeah, I guess. He's a regular with Coen Brothers? He was in the Hudsucker Proxy also. That's a Bruce... Bruce uh, not Bruce Dern. Well, What's Bruce Will, or not, yeah, uh, Bruce Campbell is also in Bruce this Campbell. movie, but he's not the star of the movie. <laughs> I know, but that's Neither the reason I, I know that. Okay, so um, I guess one thing I... I'm genuinely curious about is we kind of dance dance around it. Um, is this movie feminist? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it depends on what style of feminist you are. Um, you know, there's schools of thought that are, you know, pro commercialized sex and some that are not for you know various reasons mm. um, so you can argue either way um, I haven't really made up my mind on that to be honest but like, I, I think it's empower. to me it comes off as empowering because it presents sex work as like it's just a choice they made it's an option mm-hmm. and it's not being judgy and it's like even the law enforcement area is like yeah, we'll allow it. They're not. They're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, they they see the 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 chicken ranch as, uh, you know, beneficial for the community, and and that's fine. You know, like, um, if if it's not hurting anybody, if the girls are being taken care of, which they were, you know, um, the of course, you know, the civic donations that, um in real life and both in the movie that the, the, the madam of the house, you know, did for the community. I mean, sure. I mean, you can look the other way. It's not, it's no yeah. big deal. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Joel, do you think this movie, does this movie ring feminist to you? Does it like, it, it's kind of a little, I think it's kind of murky when you get to that a little bit. Well, as the only feminist on this podcast, <laughs> I, uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm with exactly what Elvie said. Like it's, you can take it as feminist. I don't think that, I don't think the intention was to be feminist. Like if anything, it feels more, if I say, if I say this word, people are going to be mad. It feels more socialist kind of the way, you know, the room, board, mm-hmm. food. Don't have to worry about that stuff. You have a job that you... And it seems like they enjoy their job and stuff. And... I don't know. 
um, like, I, I guess, you, which part would you think was the feminist part? Would it be the woman being a boss type person and having that kind of authority and that kind of money? Yeah, like, or like, would it be like, the uh, mustache ride? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because uh, like, like I thought, like I just said, like it's the sex workers presented as it's just a viable option that you can take. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not being judgy. Uh, like the women seem to be empowered, at least uh, empowered to some degree. Like you know, they don't. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, like I was, I was surprised with how like sex positive it was for an eighties, like some, especially something from like Reagan era. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised like this was allowed to get made. Uh, there, there's a couple of very non-feminist things, like in, in my opinion, like yeah. the the fact that we have all these other women in there and they don't really have personalities until that last song. Which that's my favorite song and performance is. All the different girls as they're talking about mm-hmm. what they what they can or what they may do now that the house yeah. is closed down, and, and uh, the other thing is the my, it must have been mandatory nineteen eighties mm-hmm. penny raid uh, revenge of the nerd style thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, you do get like some boobs in it, but it doesn't feel like like Porky's type of like. Here's a bunch of tits. It's <laughs> kind of like they're sex workers and like are nowhere like see-through clothes. Mm-hmm. And like it doesn't feel like leery. Well, one part feels leery when um, Melvin rips off the towel from the girls. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, it's an A's movie. You have to do that. Right. <laughs> but like besides that, like it just feels like they're just they're comfortable like you know dressing how they dress. It doesn't feel yeah. gross to me after we finished watching the movie i was like wait why was that rated r (laughs) and (laughs) andrew's like what are you talking about there's tits all over the place (laughs) like yeah i guess so but like it just didn't really feel like i guess it's more of a soft r in my eyes but um yeah there's it's it's tricky when you when you start talking about empowerment because um the it, it's easy for sex work to become exploitation and um like you said like throughout the the majority of the picture like the girls in the 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 house are just nameless you know and they're kind of faceless too like they there's no there, there's not much time spent with them or or like showing their their individuality um so you kind of wonder, you know, like what kind of situation really is this? It, are they being exploited? Do they really enjoy themselves? <laughs> you know, the, do they like their yeah. life? Which I mean, their life, you know, in real life, the real chicken ranch, you know, um, they they earn the they earn all their money. It's just like a pimp, you know, like like Mona says, no pimps, but like she's a pimp, she's a madam. A madam is a pimp, you know, essentially, right? But um, you know, they give all the money to her. She pays their their room and board, all the utilities, all the. Uh, she pays for them to go to the doctor every week, and then gives them like, you know, a little bit off the top to to live on or whatever. So they they are taken care of, but like you kind of wonder like, like really are they being exploited? 
I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, like, yeah, like you were saying I, uh, about, like, the intent probably wasn't to be feminist. Mm-hmm. The intent was, this is a cool story that we can tell. Right. Right, right. And, you know, it's a fun story. There's there's scandal involved. Uh, you know, it's it's titillating um and yeah it's it's campy you know it's also, it's also a story that like is laughing at the moralists mm-hmm. and that's you know that's standing up in a certain way mm-hmm. yeah. there's there's uh on that there's that uh, moment in in the middle of the film where um Mona and Ederol are out at the lake. I think the word is phlegm. <laughs> They're out. At <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. They're out at the lake, and and um, they have like a little discussion about religion, and you know she's like, um, you know, basically like she's talking as Dolly in this this um, this moment because you know it's it's a like. Uh, why are people so judgy? Why don't they just mind their own business? You know, and that's exactly the the kind of like uh, attitude Dolly had with her f- her has with her personal faith is you know like live and let live. Um, so it, it's interesting that this movie has the like, oh you suck because you're a moralist. You know, but then then again, it has like some like common sense in it too, towards towards that that arena. And during that scene, when they're just like talking, uh, I I love that little joke where uh, Bert is like, "Oh yeah, I saw a UFO, uh, and there's some aliens, and they are dickless," and she's like, "Not interested." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, would, would she be more interested if the alien had a dick? Would she be like, oh, tell me more about this alien? Like, come on. I was not expecting a uh, an alien fucking joke in this movie. <laughs> I want my aliens to have the biggest cocks. <laughs> I'm going to isolate that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, another thing about moralism is, it, like, even though the whorehouse is being represented as the, the unmoral thing, even there, it's like, everybody has to be nice, mm-hmm. everybody has to be clean, and, you know, people come and they have they have fun and a little bit of, a little thrill, yeah. you know, but usually it's just a, just a place to have fun, and, and it's not, not dirty. Right. You know? Yeah, she... Nothing dirty going on She there. had standards, you know, it was a classy place, like... Just, like uh, you had to be sober if you went there. Um, yeah. yeah, like one, uh, one part that like uh, was like a, uh, a a weird point to bring up. What was it was towards the end? I forgot who said it, but like, is there like oh the interview segment with the local people? And one person says, "Well, as long as it's open, no one's gonna rape women." Yeah. Which yep. Which was, uh, I didn't expect that, but like that's a thing that that was done in um, uh, occupied Japan, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, it was such a problem that American GIs were assaulting Japanese women that they had to re legalize uh, sex work, and then uh, I think I think it was and they closed it down because a bunch of American GIs got um STIs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but like there's a like like historical and political like uh history with like that type of mentality and it kind of works but it kind of doesn't it's a weird it's a weird thing yeah it's, it's i mean we don't it's been it's a, i don't i don't know whether these are too complicated to to really get into i'd have to like write down <laughs> and read a couple of books yeah. and watch some videos and to comment like like when that guy was saying that i was like yeah i mean he kind of has a point because this this whole like cover it up it's a sin yeah. it needs to be nobody needs to do yeah. it and it's like you're paying a woman for this service or a man mm-hmm. for this service how disgusting it's like it's it's work yeah. and like you said it is kind of a necessary thing like people i don't know did would we have so many incels? Okay, that's a bad, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like that's where it's it gets kind of murky and weird talking about. Yeah, like that. that's that's the big assumption about men. No, no, yeah. I don't. I don't trust men to do a goddamn <laughs> thing. Was a, I would say we'd have slightly less incels. It could yeah, possible. Possibly. Yeah. I'm dreaming of a better yeah. world. Well, see the... I see skies of blue. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a problem about um, the the uh, pro sex work agenda, and I, I don't I don't have a dog in this hunt, to, <laughs> so. It, but from what I see about it is that like people think that if we are able to live in a society in which sex work is accepted and you know there's no stigma or whatever like th- it's going to be this utopian thing which like can't ever happen it's it's like when you speak about it like oh we need to legalize this and we need to lead like it's always spoken in ideals and not with actual like plans for execution um in in a productive way so like i just of course we would love to live in a society in which um certain things were not looked upon as immoral you know but mm-hmm. like sorry but that's how we live like, like that is a society in which we do live so we have to deal with it right um <laughs> you know um there's a, i don't remember his name but there's a comedian that i saw like a clip on instagram or something recently that he his joke was if sex work is work then why don't you put it on your resume like we're never gonna like be in a society in which you can put sex work on your resume unless you're actually like you know trying to get a job in las vegas or something (laughs) you know like yeah and (sighs) all these like hypothetical things just they don't actually solve our current problems and no of course not but you know the the attitude of like you can't if, if sex works not work, why can why don't you or, yeah why don't you put it on your resume? It's like because assholes like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, it's um. <clears throat> yeah. It, uh, okay, like one musical number that we didn't bring up that I I, I was very delighted by was the football team. Yeah, and just how it. <laughs> That's that's what I was saying was in with the uh gentleman preferred blonde. It's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, they made football super gay. Holy <laughs> shit. 
He's, <laughs> you see so many tight asses in that just that one sequence. And you can tell me like jock strap shots. It's like, oh, I oh, bet yeah. this was this was for the men and not for anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Wait. That that dance sequence is still very masculine, though. Like it's not like yeah. uh, I'm gonna. It's not fruity. I'll say that. But yeah, I mean, like it 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 it, it shows like just how like like team sports is like. I, I uh, cover like something like as masculine as football is like it's still kind of gay. Yeah. Well, it's just like a completely, you know, uh, singular type of experience. Like those guys, you know, doing they're playing the games and then having a shower and then like going on trips together and all this stuff. Like they're it's it's almost like military except for with more head injuries. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's a great number, and it's like, uh, although the one thing that that may that may go like I don't know, this seems a little off is like they had two black players, and even though it's Texas, mm-hmm. and I know Texas has a not great history, it's still like football's kind of like the one place like they would be, like certain kind of people would be okay with having, uh-huh. you know, uh, other type other yeah. races there. You know. I've during that sequence when when I noticed the black players um, all I could think about was something that I read about the chicken ranch which I, I couldn't verify but there was just a little tidbit that said something about like they didn't allow black men to go inside the chicken ranch mm. but I, I don't know if that's true I don't know but the, the whole time I was like oh they're not going to let him in <laughs> like I felt really bad. Yeah. I felt bad for this fictional character, but uh. I, I, I mean that. Like honestly, to me, it felt like a move they did because they didn't want to upset certain audience yeah. members by having you know the possibility of a, a black person being or a black man being with a white woman. Like even during the dance sequence when they finally mm-hmm. who get do they there. put him with? Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. So it's it it was uh progressive for the time but not that progressive. Mm. Yeah. Mm, it's yeah. 82 for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw some letterbox review where someone was like I'm shocked this was allowed in in Reagan's America. Reagan was already had a head injury himself. I mean, what are those boys doing up there? <laughs> Uh, what else was there? Can we talk uh, about the, the <laughs> what did you think of Teresa Merritt's character? I don't watch that. Who, which, who was that? She played Jewel and she's Oh! I, she's oh, the, playing the, like the, the same character woman. she plays in <laughs> in, in Happy or uh, Billy Madison except she's not trying oh, to oh, kiss yeah. anybody on the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, once I saw her I was like, oh I know who she is because mm. The Wiz and Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't really like it. Uh, she's playing a mammy essentially. Okay, that's what I thought. Interesting. But it's also like I was so used to seeing the stuff. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like I, I wasn't offended. I was kind of like, yeah, this, this is, this is just like, like what the type of roles that were they are still getting at this point. I think she's great in the movie. Yeah, it's she's just great. Unfortunate. 
That, yeah, that's like what, those were the rules that were available still. Yeah, like we talked about the women, the forty, the nineteen forty comedy, and like you have like uh, a similar thing of like the only black women are they're they're service workers, mm-hmm. but they also get like I think they get one of the best strokes in, in the women. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they kind of like silently judge these crazy white ladies, but in this one, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's just an, it's another mammy thing. I'm again like I'm used to this type of seeing these mm-hmm. type of stuff, and but uh, I can see like so, some people now watching this and that turning them that that being the thing that turns them off from from this. But also, it's 1982, so you should also be like, uh, yeah, it's it it, it took a, a long time for good roles to be given to black mm-hmm. people consistently. Yeah. It's still a struggle, mm-hmm. not as much, but you can still see it now. It's like, oh, it, uh, the X Files has um one episode with mostly black uh, cast, and it's the prison episode, <laughs> and that's the only one. <laughs> it's the one with um Candyman, uh, briefly. Tony Todd. Tony Todd, yeah, I think he might be the killer. I'm sorry, Anthony Todd. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like um, I've seen every episode of X Files ever, but the more I go back and watch them, I realize that I've probably only seen like twenty. <laughs> you know, like I, f- I feel like I watched it every week when it was on. You know, like I feel like it was like this religious Sunday experience, but like, mm. no, mm. no. Because I don't, yeah. I have, I don't know yeah. what episode you're talking about, honestly. But. Uh, it's like season five yeah. or six, I think. Yeah. It's not a great one. Mm. Uh, a great later one is the one Kurt Ward Smith, uh-huh. where he's um, Mulder's old boss. Yeah. I don't know that one either. Uh, it's good. It, it has a. It doesn't work because of the style of the show. You know, the the plot can't happen as it as it's implying because uh-huh. of how the storytelling works on this show but it's still pretty good that's all I'll say about that uh, you think Mulder think? Could, could have had a guest appearance in this movie when they were talking about the alien <laughs> it's like excuse me folks I heard you talking and I have seen aliens with dicks <laughs> they're out there you, you think he would um, poor Samantha he'd, uh, uh, <laughs> you think he'd be a pedantic nerd about uh, about correct aliens to Donald? Uh, yes. Um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> I saw them duck my sister. I know they have dicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Didn't realize we were going to talk about aliens' dicks so much, but I guess that's kind of my fault, anyways. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we talked about... I wrote down my notes Mary Magdalene. I can't remember why. I wrote because down. they're talking about Jesus, Jesus uh-huh. when they're out camping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, he, you know, so she says something about Jesus, and and, uh, and Burt Reynolds is like, oh, you know, he'd have a different uh, re- reaction if he came into your place or whatever. Yeah. 
at some point someone uh, my notes aren't super clear but like one point someone says be careful of the box and or maybe that's in a, in a lyric but that feels like a uh like a double entendre but no i didn't write the context of when it was it's a hundred are they talking about like the tv tv's the box i think so that's a hundred percent a double entendre (laughs) okay i kind of i don't write down like what the scene was i just wrote down that way (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even realize they were talking about the tv so (laughs) no i like i was generally surprised as how uh, that's how horny this movie was. It feels like a pre-code musical, but mm. without the repression, whereas, like, they can just go full out. Because, mm. like, the pre-code musicals, there's, there's an undercurrent of, like, aggressive horniness in them, where there's usually, like, a song or two where it's not very subtle what they're hinting at, but this movie's, like, not being subtle <laughs> with certain things, and it's... It's both very freeing, but also very, like... It's, like, very blunt force trauma, but I like that about it. Yeah, well, they're, they're just saying the, you know, the quiet part loud, and that's... Like I said, that's that's one of the cool things about the movie. Is there a cat or a dog scratching in the background there? <laughs> I mean, Albie has a bit of a cat house right now. No, I'm talking about you. Yeah. Me? Yeah, you've, I can hear like a scratching sound or, or something. Oh. I was hoping it was an animal, but apparently it's his. <laughs> well, I feel bad now. Uh, I like that he just said Elby has a cat house. You have cats in your house. Yeah. A lot of cats. Wow. I, I also have a cat house. Ooh. Singular. The cats outnumber you and uh and Andrew. Well, oh my most gosh. of them are outside, but I got a little kitten baby that's inside. Aww. That's sweet. Okay, so I I don't have much else to say uh, besides uh I okay, uh the, the, the a really funny line was in my favorite, like, one of my favorite jokes was in the Charles Durning song where the two reporters are like, is that a yes or a no? Uh-huh. It's a possible maybe. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, the, while I was watching this, I just kept thinking, how Texas is this? Like, um, him as the governor, it's just, uh, it's spot on. Spot on to old Greg Abbott. But, um, Man, Texas politics is stupid, and it just makes fun of that so perfectly. Yeah. Did you do either of you have you seen the sequence where Burt Reynolds actually has a song just to himself? No, was that deleted? Oh no. Yeah, uh, apparently, it was in the theatrical version when it first came out, and in the TV version, but eventually they cut it out. It's it's right after the the very tense sequence between him and Dolly, where, where she's like, "You're a loser, uh-huh. basically. You're never gonna do it." And uh-huh. it's, it's like better than being a whore. Mm-hmm. And he sings about how he wishes he could be the hero, you know, and things. It's and Burt Reynolds is not nearly as good a singer as most of the other people in here, but it it's still, 
I, I, I it's on YouTube. I, I enjoyed it. I kind of wish it was better than Stallone. That's that's like comparing eggs and diarrhea. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, Joel, have you seen a Drinkenstein song? Drinkenstein. Yes, I've seen Drinkenstein. Okay. I Drinkenstein. I did the sequel to, to Rhinestone. I Drinkenstein. We can make that and, now. Uh, Stallone will just jump all over that. <laughs> and uh, I want to mention that Noah Barry Jr. is in this movie, and he was Jim Rockford's dad in The Rockford Files. Mm. And if you listen to the uh, Children's Hour episode, I keep calling James Garner Jim Rockford. <laughs> That's who he is, dude. Yeah, he's Jim Rockford. And his dad is in this movie. I think he's one of the older guys who uh, is um visits the uh the, the the chicken house. Yeah. Oh, is, you see the old man <laughs> that comes when the football the team the is farmer. there. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, pardon me or whatever. Maybe. Oh, but there's a part when the football team shows up. When um you see in like in a room you see like a guy and a girl, a guy and a girl, and then we're gonna see two guys and a girl. Yeah. yeah. Simple... And a pizza place. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised, like, oh they're hinting at a little, a little more. Yeah. They probably yeah. couldn't be more loud about it, but they hinted at it. Yeah, that was during the the eighties sequence. I mean they they catch people smoking a dude. Yeah. And it's really funny because they're like Smoking cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't know yeah, what the hell he's hilarious. talking about. <sighs> All right, so, wait, Joel, did is this a musical you like? Yep, he caught me. Holy uh, shit, we got one. Uh, no, that's two. I just wasn't on that other episode. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah, Madam Satan, you love that movie. Oh God, that's not. Hmm. It's. It's an early it's, musical before they knew what to do. It's like somebody was reading a book and every once in a while they put the book down and sing. Yeah, but the book's really it's boring. A, it's a 1930 <laughs> musical. It's before the formula was established. They knew what to do. <laughs> I understand. It's a it's an interesting two hour two hours of uh, to sit through. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I think it's more fascinating than it's good. I think you need to watch maybe the first 30 to 45 minutes. And then skip to the last 20 minutes because you're waiting for Madden Satan and she doesn't show up until then and she's only there until, spoiler, the, what, the Hindenburg crashes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Stop barking at me. <laughs> okay, yeah. so... Uh... You know what, um, w- while we were watching this, the musical mm-hmm. that we were like, oh wow, this was like, s- must have been such a huge influence on Trey Parker... Because, like, oh. it's so South Park the musical. Or, you know, like, the huh. um, Dom DeLuise's song, the, like, the, the Watchdog Report song is so, like, uh, Kyle's mom. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Now I want to re-listen to those songs. Yeah, now. like, it's like, it, it, it's crazy. Like, it, it, I mean, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. The football team sequence, dancing and singing sequence, yeah. also, I can just totally see. Yeah. <laughs> the thing. 
they there'd be way more butt slapping in that version, but still. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like it it would be like much more crude. But <laughs> but and uh, I want to mention who the the writers of um the 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 the, the play Bessel Whorehouse in Texas because mm-hmm. they wrote the screenplay Peter Masterson and uh, a real name uh, Carlos B Masterson Jr. Peter. <laughs> maybe he's one of you. See, it's not the first he's time. Born in Houston, born in Houston, so maybe. Houston. Anyway, so Peter Masterson and Larry King, not that Larry King, Larry L oh. King. Tonight we're going to be talking to whores. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't do a Larry King impersonation. <laughs> you see the clip going around where he's talking to um, uh, Regis Philbin, and he tells Regis, "Come on." Ladies must have grabbed you at some point, right? Uh, they love you. Ladies. <laughs> it's really weird. Regis Philbin is more like the Liberace kind of thing. Well, actually, women were probably grabbing at Liberace, yeah. so never mind. <laughs> but seriously, the women did love him. Oh, that Philbus. Philbus? Yeah. Philbus. You got it. Uh, Cartoon character. Yeah, look up that clip if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's so weird. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot how how weird Larry King could get interviews. Somebody should just like make a you know series of YouTube clips where he does that because one of my favorite ones is when um, he's interviewing Ringo Starr and he says whatever age he is and Ringo Ringo is like oh, hey man don't say stuff like that what if somebody said your age and, you know I think he's like I'm blah 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 he's like has no problem <laughs> saying it but Ringo's like oh my god people know I'm old <laughs> it's like yeah Ringo. <laughs> You were like 30 in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Nobody saw you and thought, that's a teenager. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> yeah. uh... Ringo is the only cool one of the of those four. Really? The... When, I, when I was in high school, I had a very brief, like, two-week John Lennon phase. Mm. Then I listened no. to his music and was like, uh, never mind. About <laughs> yeah. I like shot. I imagine I, like I never. Is that? Hey, wait, isn't? Isn't Jay Jude about his kid or something? Yeah, this is a different kid though. A different kid. Yeah, the kid's name wasn't Jude. It's it's. Uh, They're probably Julius, Julius. I think. Oh, Julian. That's it. Okay. Anyways, anyway. what's wrong with George? <laughs> George is cool. George was in the Ruttles. Yep. Oh, he was. He was he in the Ruttles. He. That's he awesome. Was like a reporter or he, something. Oh, okay. I, I thought he was he on was. the Simpsons. So yes, was. So was oh, Paul. Paul was. So was Ringo. Yeah. I don't know Ringo was. I don't remember Paul. I think I stopped watching. It was the, it's or the or episode where Lisa becomes a vegetarian. Yeah, it's the where a is. I'm the fifth. They called me the fifth beetle. Show, show we did a poo. <laughs> That's the uh, Richard Gere episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Richard Gere episode. I was it back to Richard Gere with you, LB? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. R- oh, Ringo's uh, in the episode where Marge is trying to paint a portrait of Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was obsessed with George. Was I forgot what George was in, but I, re- I rewatched the series like the old, the good seasons a while ago. I remember 
seeing his name in the credits, be like, it can't be that George Harrison. He he was in the B sharps episode. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think Homer meets him. I think wasn't Richard Gere like the original drummer for the Beatles? to dance a little sidestep now they see me now they don't have come and gone and ooh, i love to sweep around a wide step cut a little swath and leave the people alone now my good friends it behooves me i'm wondering if this is a different richard gear we're talking about <laughs> I love the dead silence after that. I loved that that terrible joke. I just um But is, is that Simpsons episode with the brothel, is that a reference to Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Uh, there's an episode where the Simpsons uh, are there's a ma- yeah, there's a madam. The brothel. I remember, yeah. There was something. She's like she's like dressed up in like Victorian clothes or something. That, <sighs> that's the word that the yep. grandpa gift comes from where he walks yeah, in and walks out. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I think oh. there are I think there are songs in that episode too. I haven't there's, seen it in a while. There's songs in every Simpsons episode. That is true. Uh, but anyway, I I, well, I kept thinking like this must be the basis of that one episode. Maybe. Cuz they're a bunch of theater nerds. Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay, so that's it. This movie <laughs> kind of rules uh, maybe, maybe it's aged weird but if you can accept it's the 80s it's a, almost is 40 years ago uh, you, know, like you can huh? you know, like I said some of the a bunch of the stuff they're still talking about is relevant mm-hmm. very relevant yeah yeah, yeah it's a yeah, it's a nice cool movie there's a reason it's remembered and uh you can find it. It's it's out there. It's not going to be lost anytime soon. Listen to Dolly Parton music, I guess. Um, watch um, the other Dolly Parton musical with um, with Stallone in it too, as a comparison point. <laughs> <laughs> it's good in its own way. Uh, I haven't seen it's it. Not, so. It's not. It's not really good in its own way. <laughs> it's pretty <really> bad. <laughs> Does he still want to be the actor who could do everything? Yeah. Anyway, so I guess you two would recommend uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas as well? Of course. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And this is 1980... Oh, shit. We didn't do the thing. Uh, Trans rights are human rights. And uh, learn what your state is doing, what your area is doing. Texas. uh, Uh, Yeah. Utah. Oh, wait. Although, uh, when I I went to visit you, that's the most... uh, I going to, like, going to town, like, it was a lot gayer than I was expecting. I know, yeah. That's why I'm always... I I really enjoy the fact that even though... to the outside, it, it seems like the most conservative, and they they do they they have all these shitty laws and stuff like that. It's not stopping people from living their lives, though. Not not at the moment. It is. Ah, I, I, there's no happy medium here, basically. But I just 
I love that I, you know, get to see every type of person instead of just white boys with ties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this... Yeah, oh yeah, trans rights, human rights, uh, get involved, learn what's going on. And that's... Yeah, got that out. Yeah, watch that in the beginning. And 1982, kind of a big year for movies. I don't really have anything in mind right now. So you guys, LB can go first, or Joel, whoever. Doesn't really matter. Um, okay, 1982. Yeah, one of the biggest years of movies in all existence. Um, there's just stacked. Stacked with yep. movies. Um, but as far as my recommendations, um, I'm looking at my letterbox right now. Because I'm cool and on letterbox. Um, what do I think? Well, my, okay, so one of my favorite movies from 1982 is called Vigilante. And uh, it stars Robert Forster as uh, he's like a, a, a factory worker. He's just like a, a you know regular dude. He's a solid dude, New Yorker. Um, and then uh, a street gang murders his wife. Uh, no, murders his child, assaults his wife. So he like goes Punisher, right? Um, and. Uh, he gets people from his neighborhood it's basically like if Punisher was like hey are you tired of these thugs doing this shit let's get them and so like they all go after him and it's like one of the best like early 80s action movies that that I've ever seen <laughs> so uh, Vigilante um, very cool um, has Fred Williamson in it too so that gives it some clout. Joe Spinell. I know you guys love Joe Spinell. When I say you guys, I mean like the the greater audience. Everybody loves Joe. I Joe love Spinell. his face. Woody Strode is in this movie. Leg legend. Oh, I'm on board. Legend. So I don't know. Uh, Vigilante. Former pro wrestler yeah. Woody Strode. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see another recommendation that I have. Um. Let's see. I, you guys mentioned Burst City before. Um, a really obscure film that, well, in my opinion, it's very obscure. It's called Ferrat Vampire. That's from 1982. It's a Czech horror movie. That oh, I know. Yeah, this one. it's about um, a car that runs on human blood. So it it like eats people. Basically, it's a vampire, but a car. I, I think it's the. Lipsky was the director. He, um, I think it was Lipsky. There's a, uh, the name I recognize. I can't remember who it was. But Lipsky was a big comedy guy who made really interesting comedies. There, there are other things I really like. Uh, Sword and the Sorcerer uh, is a good Albert Pune movie. Like a like a good Albert Pune movie. Um. Next to Ken is a cool movie from 82. That's a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, oh, um, I could say more, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at okay. that. <laughs> uh, for a vampire, 
uh, one of the lead actors is uh, Yuri Men uh, Menzel, mm. and he directed um, Closely Watched Trains. Oh. Some other really good Czech movies. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I love that guy. Okay, so for me, 1982, uh, this is half recommendation. I recommend the first half of Amityville 2 because <laughs> it's a weird, gross, sleazy Italian horror movie. And then it turns into some really boring possession priest bullshit and it just kind of gets real stupid. And it's like, I want the gross, sleazy Italian. I don't want the this bullshit <laughs> omen garbage. <laughs> so I recommend the first half. It's it's the weird one. It's the weird one in that series for a reason. Uh, not not for everyone. Um, Losing Ground by Kathleen Collins, one of the first movie feature films directed by a black woman, and it's just a movie about this woman who uh, who is married to an artist, and her shitty husband. He uh, played by Bill Gunn from Gone and Hess. And he, uh, he, he's always cheating on her, and it's just kind of her realizing what she wants to do with, with this marriage, exactly. And, uh, it's, it's a great little movie, and it's, it's, and them being black doesn't really come up. It's just about these people who are black and their life. And so it's kind of groundbreaking in that way for, like, a black film just to be about, you know, people. And race isn't really, a. uh... It isn't a big deal in it. Cool. And oh, I guess um, I gotta go pieces because pieces has <laughs> um, Paul L. Smith as the groundskeeper. And any appearance from him, it makes the movie worth worth seeking out. He's Bluto and Popeye. He's a big burly guy. There's a um, image from Pieces that uh, always sticks with me. It's uh, it's like outside a door. Like the shot is um, a door, and there's a square window cut in the door, and you see the the killer mm -hmm. on the other side, and he's got a hat on that reminds me of those neighborhood watch signs hmm. <laughs> you know like there's like a burglar like mm -hmm. those things used to freak me out when I was a kid I was really scared of the neighborhood watch um, burglar guy I used to have nightmares about him coming to life so pieces really affected me oh well, I, hope, I hope you have recovered yeah mostly the neighborhood watch guy is creepy. I don't know. Where did he get that yeah, hat? Yeah, where, where did get he get that hat? It's like it's supposed to be a detective, but it's actually creepy. Yeah. I was also yeah. afraid of McGruff the crime dog, kind of for the same reason. Like, it reminded mm. reminded me of the neighborhood watch guy. Mm. <laughs> uh, also, I guess, like, another... This is a way to recommend, but Death Wish 2. <laughs> the, the Death Wish sequels are just, like... This weird right-wing propaganda that's so over-the-top and stupid. You can't really... I can't take the politics of them seriously. Even though the politics of those movies I disagree with very strongly. But, uh, yeah. The, you get great Bronson not giving a shit. And it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure 
So, I mean, we have covered 82 a bunch of times. We already talked about that. I just found yeah. another one. We, we took Banana Joe was another thing we covered. Oh, yeah, for that other show. For that other show. I forgot what it's called. The Banana uh, Joe Show. Um, it was Brian Skinner and Josh Hollis, their show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we took over. I forgot. Yeah, Josh Hollis, uh, he did the cover art for seasons one and two. What's the name of that show? It doesn't yeah, matter. But, Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, Josh Hollis is a great artist. Uh, what that means is we haven't talked about Banana Joe on this podcast. That's great. That's true. Because otherwise I'm kind of shit out of luck. Because I've already talked about the things that I really like from this year. And the other things are just like super well-known movies. So, what, what is Banana Joe? It's a Bud Spencer movie, and if you're not familiar with Bud Spencer, that's a problem. It's an Italian actor, mostly comedy, right? I'm sure he was in action movies and stuff like yeah. that. And he was usually paired with that other guy. Uh, Terrence. Terrence Hill. Hill not Stan. Not Stan. Terrence Hill. Terrence Hill, also comedy actor, action actor. He was played uh, Rango in some of those movies. Did he ever play Django himself? Um, um, like a, a real Django or fake Django? Like, well, like one of the movies named Django. I think at least one. Yeah. Because there Spencer. are so many of them. But. Yeah. Bud Spencer is like a live-action Donkey Kong in this movie. Not specifically because of bananas. I mean, he, he has a presence. He's a large guy. Uh, kind of guy you'd probably be intimidated by if he went over and asked you uh, what time it was. And this movie is all about him just trying to... I can't remember what he's trying to do. There's something going on that all of a sudden the law gets involved and he doesn't have the right passes and policies. It's the, it's the, the plot of this guy needs a license for something type thing, yeah. but he has to go through the bureaucracy prog- process to yeah. get everything in place, and that's like the whole whole plot of him going place to place to place to get stuff so he can do this legal process he's get... never never had to do with that stuff he's lives lives on an island where the the government has basically had no control there it, and uh so everything is new to him everything is weird he's in all these crowds and of course he's like three feet taller than everybody and it's 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 funny it's not a good movie but i thought it was a pretty funny experience Watch it with friends. Yeah. And there's a funny joke where it's implied all the kids on island are his. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so they call him Banana Joe. <laughs> and here's another mediocre movie that I also like, but is pretty popular. In 1990, The Bronx Warriors. I'm, I'm going all Italian this time, because this is another Italian movie that uh, I think is you know, dubbed over or brought over to the U.S., and it's it's a rip off of any of those post apocalyptic uh, pasta pa- pasta flavored lyptic movies. The spaghetti. C. <laughs> post apocalyptic movies, Mad Max style, but also the Warriors. Obviously, it says the Bronx Warriors in this, but uh, it's it's really entertaining to watch. Not just because of the stupid plot and weird action and the terrible acting but also because 
there's just a lot of filming mistakes that you can see and that it, like I get a kick out of that so it's a I recommend it and it's got like two sequels I think that I've never seen this one has Shutter Fred Williamson has, in it but uh, I think yeah. Shutter has all of them or used to yeah there you go pasta apocalyptic pasta yeah apostolic Post- yeah. no no apostolic let's just drop the a yeah okay. pope <laughs> pasta elliptic no no <laughs> i'm never gonna figure it out we're never gonna we let's workshop it okay. pasta la pasta we'll have it we'll have it ready for next episode <laughs> which um, oh yeah, and there's this crappy movie called The King of Comedy. Anyways, so, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Well, uh, we're I guess we're in the uh, promo stuff. Uh, I my next appearance on Mustachioed Podcastio will be on King Comedy because the rules on that on that podcast is: is there a mustache in the movie? Then we cover it. Uh, live action only, I think, is the rule. Love. It could be a single mustache. Yeah. Oh. Any old mustache. So I want. I want to force Daniel to watch King of Comedy because I know it's not his type of movie, and it'll make him squirm and uncomfortable. So, and uh, which is the point of the movie? But I think that movie is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. You're dark, Spencer. Right, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm what? edgy because my favorite Scorsese isn't um, street, isn't uh, dark, tough streets. <laughs> I can't think of words right now. Mean. Mean streets. Mean avenues. <laughs> mean girls. Your favorite is Box Scarper? Oh, uh, no. My favorite okay. thing about that movie is that, um, uh, fuck, who? Jenna Rowan's husband. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, David. Uh, no, who are you talking about? Casavetes. Casavetes, solid movie, and um, told Scorsese, this is bullshit. You're better than this. And so that's why, that's how Mean Streets happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that movie's bullshit. It, it's not good, but. <laughs> I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what Casavetes thought, and that really hurt Scorsese's <laughs> <laughs> feelings. Yeah. Anyway, yes, so, uh, so Mustache with Podcastio and me and Joel were on there a while ago talking about War, an Indian action movie from 2019. It's great. <laughs> uh, I write for Grumpire. I have stuff on Hello. there. I have a couple f- things I'm working on slowly because life is in the way. And eventually, when I have free time and mental energy for it, I will get back into writing. Mm-hmm. And... What else is there? I, I have a, a movie blog on Japanese movies and another blog on, on African history. And uh, have I done any podcasts this year? Oh, I was on Movies from Hell once this year, talking about action movies, and then it devolved into talking about drug stories with with uh, Dan and the guests. So you know, Movies from Hell standard. Mm. I can't imagine that Bradley uh, likes action movies. Uh, he wasn't here. <gasps> That's how I got oh. It was the Dan show. Yeah, it was Hayden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got to sn- sneak one in because I know Bradley would 
would veto <laughs> my choices. <laughs> okay. Right, and uh, that's it for me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on X. I don't know. It, it, just look up their show name. You'll find it. Sister Stewart, Sewer Rad is the name of the show. Yeah, on, on Twitter and everywhere else. I'm Veda Huff. Oh. It's a Spike Lee. It's a Spike Lee reference to She Hate Me. It's not the CGI come. It's a different character from the movie. It's your, it's your favorite movie of his. No, it's not. It's terrible. What about the part where, uh, with that uh, old football player guy? Uh, no, he's not a Jim football Brown? player. Yeah, Jim Brown. Yeah, he talks about uh, Waterhouse or Water Waterhouse Watergate. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a Watergate slash Enron story slash lesbians. I just watched. Uh, the, all the president's men's the other day and they did mm. actually have the character who you know basically was checking all the doorknobs it is a black guy and the character oh, they, got, he, they got that right yep they have no lines it has no name oh. but they got it right man that guy got fucked over it's oh. like shitty anyway uh, that's a whole thing to look into if you don't know what we're talking about <laughs> uh lb what what you got oh um just grumpire stuff. Um, we haven't had um, a whole lot of stuff going on lately. Just also life. I started, uh, or I got a promotion at my my actual job. So like it's it's I'm a, a lot. Well, thank you. But I'm a whole lot busier, and because um, you know I used to I used to use my downtime to do my my grumpire stuff, but. Um, don't have too much downtime anymore, so, and I'm tired. But um, we <laughs> we we just uh, we just started a Letterboxd account because I mean, why not? So if you're on Letterboxd, you can follow Grumpire, and doing that right. Yeah, now. and uh, we you know we're slowly like adding um, reviews in there to you know like everything that's been on the site for years, right? Like. Well, we're gonna add like little snippets of reviews at some point, so, and you know, make some cool lists and stuff. So, that's that's the big news, I guess. And you know, Fun. we have a Blue Sky account too now. So, yeah, and J Dog, if you want, if you want an access code, I can give you one. No, I I, I actually got one and. Oh. No, I ju just the other day I erased every single. I didn't delete my accounts, but I erased every app and, and all the passwords and all that stuff just because it takes up too much of my life mm -hmm. looking at Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So if you want to get in contact with me to talk about cool stuff for cool dudes, uh, you can call me at one eight hundred. Joel is awesome, the best. <laughs> That's no. too many numbers. Not, not in my planet. Oh, okay. In my planet, the aliens have penises. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm interested now. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> you know, the best way to get in contact with me is to talk to Spencer, and he will so talk. There you go. <laughs> okay. And uh, what else is there? Okay, so yeah, we're on all that uh, social media stuff, so, and. Uh, 
Elvi, you'll be back for a Labyrinth of Passion, <laughs> the second Amodovar. No, it was the third Amodovar mm -hmm. film. The first one is hard to find. Uh, called Fuck, Fuck, Fuck Me, Tony. Mm -hmm. And I have not found it yet. Alright, what's think, the Spanish think, title? Yeah, I forgot the Spanish title. I don't know that. I don't know enough Spanish to remember that. I always, I always anyway, look up the yeah. word, but uh, the word for fuck, but then I don't remember it. Like I'm bad at remembering street Spanish. <sighs> and uh, you can be back for nine to five for the other Colin Higgins episode. Okay. Cause, yeah, because uh, we're talking, we'll be talking about uh, Dolly Parton again and nine to five and that movie you know uh, and uh, Foul Play the other uh, one okay so something for you Joel uh, uh, Chevy Chase <laughs> Chevy Chase cool yeah uh, that's it so thank you for your time LB uh, I don't know uh, I'll talk to you on the internet I guess <laughs> okay. and J-Dog you know you know how to get in contact with me <laughs> see <laughs> That's it. Our theme music is by James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko on Threadless, TeePublic, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T-Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.